Good morning to all of our Tech Central listeners. I'm very pleased to have Chris Denby White from Kush and Fallon Stein also from Kush. Chris is the Director of Global Customer Success and Fallon is a Regional Sales Manager. And really importantly today we're going to talk about customers data risk and the inside threats that organizations are facing at the moment. And this morning I read a beautiful meme and it quite simply was a picture of a typical office environment where someone is being awarded the data privacy award as the employee who hadn't succumbed to any of the attempted phishing attacks as part of their compliance training all of his colleagues pointed out that he never opens his email so it's hardly surprising <laughs> and i'm very pleased to have both chris and fallon on the line today because we really want to talk a lot more about the general background around what it really means to be data risk and status safe so chris can i ask you to kick us off and just chat a bit more about kush's efforts in stemming the tide of attacks that organizations are facing at the moment absolutely and i think one of the core things that we try to achieve at kush is we try to do security with the users as opposed to to them where you know i've worked in the financial services sector previously and it's important that there are rules and it's important that there are controls in a company and if it's a regulated company that's ever so important however to impose these on users with little context training or guidance as to the right way to do things then there's the possibility for an aggravated relationship between business users and security and this is where kush comes in by giving robust controls but also giving that path of communication and education to users so they know how to do the right thing and that's at the crux of what we're trying to do is to protect the data by increasing a sense of ownership as it's big okay thanks chris and i think well listeners of many different organizations and many different size organizations are wondering at the moment is their requirements there are vastly different perspectives and different consequences as a result of employees using data data they're entitled to use in different ways and i think a lot of what kush does is identify that risk early could you talk to us a bit about that please fallon so when it comes to data it goes back to what is data and data can take many shapes and forms for every different organization what the employees also find is that they don't understand the data that they are handling so what cash does is it helps guide the employees to understand what it is that they have access to right and yep. what it is that they're doing with that information and where they're moving the information and it has a knock on effect to help the employees understand exactly what it is that they're doing how it impacts the organization and the role that they actually play in protecting the company's data. And my guess is that the typical static rules and the compliance that I was referring to earlier in my description of that meme are often not enough. They don't actually fulfill oh. the organization's obligations or the business requirements any time after they've been published. And Chris, I know in preparation for this conversation, we spoke a bit about the current threats in the marketplace. How quickly are those evolving, and what are the sort of actions that Kush put in place to mitigate against some of those evolutions? 
you're absolutely right. The threat landscape is evolving massively with things like the global pandemic happening. That had a knock-on effect. In one sense, nothing changed in that people's phishing campaigns and data loss campaigns were just targeted as this is the latest global trend. However, that mass move to remote working caused a lot of organizations to really struggle with understanding what normal looks like. And in answer to your question, what I would say is, you know, the way to counter these things and what a lot of companies have yet to do is to understand what normal data movement and normal activity in their environments is. Because when people have an understanding of that, identifying the abnormal becomes all the easier rather than taking it, let's find these specific hard-coded scenarios that are definitely data loss or inside a threat is a very, very difficult approach when you don't have a wider context of what a standard operating environment looks like inside your company. So that is one of the things that we try to engage as well. So not just protecting against bad things, but helping in the visibility to understand actually what's going on in our company and are we aware of it and are we happy with that? That's fascinating. What are some of the metrics that you might put in place to illustrate this to the internal stakeholders and who might those different stakeholders be? That's really good. It goes kind of all the way from kind of your engineering users, your security engineers and your SOC analysts and your data loss analysts looking at, okay, so what is the volume of data that's moving across or indeed outside of our network? What are various files or various sensitivities that are being accessed? And so that's a very kind of tactical, very pragmatic approach. But also I have conversations with C-suite levels who are trying to answer the question, you know, how are we doing in relation to security? A very open and a very, very general question. But when you take overarching metrics of, okay, so things like USB misusage or application misusage or web misusage, those kind of things, you know, are we generally becoming more compliant or less compliant? And from there, you can zoom out and determine, are our communication strategies around cybersecurity working? Do we see a tangible change over the last two weeks? Are our technical controls working? Are we seeing less data leaving the building? So both ends, the metrics can be kind of macro and also very, very tactical as well. And I think where those two meet enables that communication between C-suite and security engineering, you know, around answering that question, how are we doing in a language that both sides can understand. Thanks, Chris. And I understood that very clearly. And I think that's very useful because so often what we're talking about here is an intangible. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fallon, can we perhaps just talk a little bit about the risks and the environment that we're experiencing here in South Africa, but also your region in the Middle East and Africa? So, look, I think risks will speak to all different areas and regions within Africa, South Africa. Most of the time, it's got to do with the access and people understanding the data that they have access to. A lot of companies, especially your middle-sized companies that don't really see the significance in data protection, will allow employees to have access to any information within organizations, will be able to have allowed to plug their USBs into all the devices, you know, and, and file transfer. So It comes from a maturity perspective. I think a lot of the larger corporates within Africa and South Africa are becoming aware, cyber cyber security aware, where I think more of the middle-sized companies, I don't believe, 
are at the level that they need to be and understand the type of information that they actually retain and move within their organizations. Medical firms, law firms, you don't have to be 50,000 strong to be cybersecurity aware. And that's what I'm picking up from a risk perspective in this region. Okay, thank you. And I understand that very often, and this is perhaps to what you've just been alluding, is that we're not entirely sure what data we're trying to protect. And if we are, how to actually keep it safe. What are some of the red flags and the highlights that Kush bring to an organization quite quickly? And what do they do in terms of recognizing that risk before it perhaps even happens, Chris? I think it's identifying not just data leaving the door, because if we get to the point of setting off alarms or blocking literally at the threshold of a company, you know, personally, I'd argue that that is too late. Obviously, a series of things have gone wrong before then. So something that we do, you know, in addition to that, of course, we're able to stop things leaving companies, but it's looking at kind of internal east-west access, as they call it, inside of companies. Things like, are there an elevated amount of files accessed based on a user profile? Are our end users accessing things they don't normally access? Or are there violations of connectivity inside a company? Now, you know, from a technical side, there's things like production to non-production access is a big thing, or the various artificial information security walls that exist, especially inside things like banking and consultancy, where technically speaking, data hasn't left a company However, it's been exposed to areas of the company that shouldn't necessarily have that information exposed. And that's where the real compliance and kind of regulatory risk comes in. So we see that of being able to track the data movement before it becomes so risky that it's leaving the building. So that visibility really of kind of understanding where are my flows of data? Am I happy with this? And am I able to put some controls in place? to stop the really bad thing happening while it's still in its embryonic state almost. I wish we could rename security operations, you know, the risk mitigation specialists or the risk mitigation friends, because the question is often posed, might audit and security ever actually get on? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's interesting, actually, because I kind of noticed inside of some companies I've worked with and, you know, and I found it in the past a certain degree myself in that there's this animosity between security professionals and end users. You know, security professionals want to bring in the rules and the users just want to do their job. And then at the same time, there's this almost mirrored relationship between governance, audit and compliance with the security professionals. Except in this scenario, the security professionals are the users and there's the lack of trust and potential not working well together in that side of things. And you're absolutely right. You know, a really healthy relationship is a constant communication with audit and compliance, being able to show not just that we're doing the right thing, but being able to evidence that on a continual basis. Again, something that kind of we hold quite dearly here at Kush. So as opposed to asking questions like how long and what happens if we should actually be looking at Please advise what I need to be aware of before I become the internal enemy. Because our users are not our enemy, are they, Fallon? No, <laughs> no, no, they're not. Super. And and I'd love to hear maybe some practical stories in a minute about you know some of the successes that you've had. I just wanted to ask, when you're looking at data and the way in which data typically is being transferred 
through organizations that are perhaps now working in a more hybrid model. What are some of the obvious considerations that we've perhaps allowed to go to the home environment and that are no longer as contained as they used to be in a boxed office environment? I think kind of a really obvious one is that there's been a large scale migration to cloud, as you've alluded to. And this has really facilitated home working because people are on the various cloud providers that provide storage and applications. But these same cloud providers also provide a personal service. So with some of our customers, there's been a lot of concern in relation to, okay, so we want our users to save their corporate documents to our corporate cloud storage. How can we determine whether or not they're just storing it for their personal cloud storage? Because essentially, these are the same computers up in the Internet that are provided by people. So that's that's kind of a definite concern, being able to distinguish and lock those kind of things down. And I think in addition to that, the perennial not necessarily understanding that the corporate systems can do all the things the user needs them to do. A really simple example of this is, and I see this a lot is a user has a big spreadsheet of sensitive data and they need this in a PDF format for whatever reason. And rather than go in Microsoft Excel or another spreadsheet program, file, save as PDF, which you can do and you've been able to do for years now, nobody really realizes this in the user base. But what we find users tending to do is they go to Google and they say, how do I convert my Excel to a PDF? And they get, you know, Jim or John's honest PDF converter.com. And they simply, all you have to do is copy and paste your sensitive file to this amazingly free web service. We'll convert your Excel file to a PDF and we promise, you know, we'll destroy the data after we're done. And we promise that our security is as it should be for your corporate. Oh. Again, no reassurance whatsoever. And it's the old adage that, you know, the cloud is just some of the person's computer. So I think. Those, I've seen an increase in those. And that's a really easy win in being able to, you know, protect the user from themselves and also educate them that there's something simple that's actually less friction that already exists inside of their software stack that they might not be aware of. And that can, you know, I've seen cause a lot of problems. And by addressing it on the counterpoint, a lot of benefits for an organization and closing that quite large gaping hole. Thanks, Chris. That definitely makes a very practical and a clear example of how we who run organizations and are looking after the security are possibly also those falling foul of the misdemeanor and sharing data in the wrong ways. Just because we've been doing it incorrectly for so many years does mean we need to change. We need to be more aware of our actions. And I think what you're saying is that Kush spends a lot of time identifying those actions of the user and highlighting them to organizations and the said user, hopefully not in an embarrassing way, um, tap, tap on the back of the shoulder, but in an encouraging way so that one learns from that potential risk and mitigates against it going forward and hopefully educates the user and those around him or her so that is never necessarily a threat again. Absolutely. It's not about saying you're blocked, we're going to fire you, you're bad. It's about users, generally, most of the time, they have work to do and they want to get their work done. And when they hit a block in kind of an old school security tool, it's like, okay, great, I've been blocked, but I still need to do this thing for my job. So we're more about, hey, look, we've protected you from yourself. This is definitely not ideal. But let us show you the right way to do this so you can still go on and achieve that business outcome that you actually did the action for in the first place. 
but in a safe way with the ability as well that on a corporate level to be able to track these user engagements to understand which areas do my staff need extra support in or which are the actual risks as opposed to the theoretical ones that are never presenting themselves as any actual threats. Thanks, Chris. And Fallon, that very much speaks to that human-centric approach that we were talking about last week. Yes, it does. As the regional sales manager here in Africa, I really wanted to understand a bit more about, firstly, your partnerships, but also that customer-centric approach that Chris has just been talking about. Could you tell us a bit more about that, please? So first of all, our partnership with Solid Aid as our sole distributor is what's our main engine that's driving our brand into the South African market. And with their support and reputation already in this region, I believe it's going to help take cash into uh, basically into this region and really aggressively approach the market. And from a customer-focused perspective, it really is about not just selling the technology. We also here to help the employees understand the role that they play in we keep talking about data and we keep talking about, you know, protecting of that data. And, and, and actually that data is, it's our information. It's personal information. It's company IP. It's, and we all have a role to play. And I believe that's where cash will come in and slowly start educating and, and showing this market how easy it is from a data classification, data protection perspective. Thank you very much. I, I really like that answer because I'm always looking for the human-centric element to technology as opposed to the bits and the numbers and the, the data behind what that which makes it work because everything revolves around and comes from people. People are what drive yeah. up. And yeah. what I love about something I understand about Kush is that you're innovative, you're agile, and you like to disrupt. And I think that those are human behaviors which we need in order to bring some of the personability back into the tech space and also not talk about risk like it's a great white shark just below the surface because it isn't. It's something we can all apprehend and anticipate with the support of the likes of Kush. So thank you. Chris, just in any, in any closing comments to our listeners, I think that What you've really done is you've challenged us to consider doing our data security better. There's an element of data security in place. We need to do it better. Would you mind closing us out here? Yes, absolutely. I think the data security market is still where the perimeter security market was a number of years ago. And that's, you know, with an ideology, thinking of it as a castle. We've got big walls. And we need to fortify these walls and they need to be super high and then everything's going to be okay. But as with the network security industry, so with the data industry, that the world just doesn't look like that anymore. It's not the 1500s and we're not being attacked with bows and arrows in the Mm. cyber sense. We're a geographically dispersed workforce. We have the Internet and we need to meet that challenge. And we need to meet that challenge with our users as opposed to trying to drag users along and not have them on board. And I think in closing, I would say for companies to truly embrace modern cybersecurity, be that data loss prevention inside a thread or whatever, I think they should not forget the importance of bringing the user along with that journey and also understanding 
how their companies work because every company is different. So essentially understand what normal is in order to identify the evil that needs to be mitigated and stopped. And to do that, you need your users. So yeah, that, that, that's what I would say. Thank you, Chris. Anything you'd like to add there, Fallon? What I would like to add is it lines up with what Chris is saying. It's about the users, it's about the companies, and it's about working together and bringing the, you know, your users as well as the organization together. We all gatekeepers, right? And we all hold the, a key or the key to to the gate of an organization. So everybody has a role to play and everybody is important. It doesn't matter whether you're the administrator or the IT manager or the CFO. You all have that. access to something somewhere within the organization. Thank you, Fallon. I think that's a very apt comment to end on because I feel rest assured that Kush has my back. I feel rest assured that the data that we've been talking about and the risks that we perhaps are going to be exposed to more and more and more as organizations are in safe hands. And thank you very much for reassuring our listeners about the fact that there's mitigation in place and that we all can be protected without repercussion. So for me, James Erasmus at Tech Central, thank you very much, Chris, and thank you very much, Fallon. Kush, you guys are welcome anytime. We look forward to our next conversation. Thank you, James. Thank you so much. Thank you.